you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Week 14 has arrived. It is time once again for Tapeheads. Bob Wyshusen, Scott Pioli, Dan Orlovsky. We like to crawl behind the X's and O's on this podcast and hopefully give you, from the Tapehead perspective, inside football like you're not going to get anywhere else although i'm not sure there's much to be said from an insider perspective to analyze when a guy can do something like this how about the performance of matthew stafford on monday night football cup got six yards but the penalty moves the rams up to the 48 of la with a first down from under center stafford play fix boots out to his left looking deep he's got van jefferson and van brings it in at the goal line middle of the field touchdown la well, guys, Matthew Stafford was amazing. This probably was the signature win of the season for the Rams. And in a way, I think kind of a microcosm of what the NFL is and how these seasons evolve, right? Start of the season, we didn't necessarily see the Cardinals coming. We crowned the Rams, right, as the, the favorite odds on maybe to be in the Super Bowl for the NFC, and Matthew Stafford was going to win the MVP. And then there was a sag in the middle of the season when all of a sudden the Rams started to lose to some good teams, and we wondered how good they were. And we crowned the Cardinals and crowned Kyler Murray as the maybe runaway leader in the MVP race. And now you get a game like this, and your entire perspective might change on how the seasons for these two teams could play out. And Dan, I mean, if if Matthew Stafford plays like this, why should we not believe that the Rams are as good and maybe as dangerous a Super Bowl threat as any team in their conference. Yeah, absolutely, Bob. I think that this this past Monday night's game for the Rams was the best we've seen the Rams play this season as a football team, also as a coaching staff. You know, I think offensively in the last two weeks, we've seen this team kind of go back in time, so to speak. Sean McVay has gone back to a lot of the things that made him such a – Brilliant mind in 2018 and 19 for this offense, which is putting the quarterback under the center and running that football and then that play-action game that everything looks the same. Now, I, I think that three things that stood out to me offensively in this game was, one, 
that was the case. They Matthew under center. Okay, we're going to run the football. We're going to run our play action pass. And I've been on this for about four or five weeks now. What that is doing is protecting those three interior offensive linemen. That is the weakest part of this offense. And I and and maybe the the four yard runs by Sony Michelle don't matter to people. They do to me especially when they're under center because they're protecting those guys. They're allowing those guys to come off the football. It's setting things up for the future. It's allowing those guys to play in a, in a, a place for, uh, of strength, a, a place of uh, aggression and, and being offensive, so to speak. So I liked that they did that that much on Monday night. I think number two is each one of those three receivers that the Rams have, Odell, Van Jefferson, and Cooper Cup, have really started to own their roles and sometimes because of the over, the, the struggle of the quarterback for a couple of weeks we've lost sight of how good those guys are when that team needs a play whatever it is a big moment we need to get on track we need a completion they turn to cooper cup and he just continues to be reliable mainly in those choice routes he's just so smart with get it is literally get open and he's doing such a nice job of that. The Van Jefferson touchdown, I think that we're seeing that Van Jefferson has a is really kind of adopted that big playmaking role for this offense with his vertical speed downfield. I love the way they formationed. They cut the splits down. They gained leverage for those guys. And then Odell. The, the, Odell looks really good right now. He looks really fast on tape. One of the things that stood out was he still has the nuance in his route running. You know, his touchdown on the slant that they motioned out the, the back and he gets one-on-one. There's so many cool parts of that play. Um, you know, the, from the receivers on the other side, the young receivers, Van Jefferson and the tight end, getting themselves aligned so they're not in an illegal formation. To allow that touchdown to happen, I thought was a huge deal. So I think those, the re- those receivers stepped up. And then you mentioned it, Matthew Stafford made three throws that a handful of people on planet earth can make. And, um, you know, the, the phrase playing in a phone booth was very evident. I, I say throwing, throwing with the straight jacket on you, you can't move. It's just gotta be a flick of the wrist. And, uh, you, if you go back to the moment the trade was happened, you traded him for those throws or traded for him for those throws. Um, it was the best game offensively from the Rams, both schematically and execution wise this season. Yeah, you know, Dan, it, it and, and Bob, it's interesting because, you know, my my personal criticisms this year, you know, were I just wanted I expected to and wanted to see the talent come together as a team. And again, they've got so much talent on this football team. And it was about the opponents. They had won, but they had won against weak competition. Again, not their fault. They can only play the teams they want to play. Last night, their consistency of play was was pretty incredible. Uh, here's what I'll say, though. Their two best players played great games. And when you have high-paid top players, that's what they have to do. Dan, you talked about all the things that Matthew Stafford did on offense, and he had an incredible game last night. You know, we, we've had these other games previous to the last two games, last night and last week, no interceptions by Matthew, but no turnovers by the entire offense. The three prior games to that, they had seven turnovers. Matthew threw five interceptions. Within that, there was three straight games with pick sixes. That's mm-hmm. not Matthew Stafford. And if they're going to have a chance to be champions, 
he can't play like that. He has he did not play like that last night. Last night we saw an ascending player uh, player in Matthew Stafford. On the flip side, meaning the defense, Aaron Donald was unstoppable. Yeah, he had six quarterback pressures, three sacks, a couple of tackles for a loss. Um, it, it didn't stop. But to me, two of the key plays that he had was when he drew hol- holding calls on Harlow. And Har- those plays where the Cardinals were called for holding and having to hold Aaron Donald, those were key plays for the Cardinals that were called back. So again, last night, I, I loved, as you know, Dan, we look at the game the same, Bob, we look at the game the same, yet some of the nuance I look at is being a former personnel guy, I love to see you know, what the players are doing exclusively. And you mentioned OBJ. Now, regardless of what people think about him, here's what I do know about about him. He's incredibly Mm -hmm. smart. You know what my favorite play that he made last night was? It was in the fourth quarter, the end of the game, about three minutes left. He gets a ball. It's thrown to him close to the sidelines. And what he does, he runs out of bounds. But as he's running out of bounds, he also runs backwards which keeps the clock running. He intentionally knew that if he ran out of bounds moving forward and upfield, that the clock would stop because we were under five minutes. But he was so smart and so quick to think in that moment. And it was funny because they flashed at that moment when he did that to Matthew, and Matthew kind of looked at the sideline and put his hands up because he, th- I think he didn't realize that OBJ had done it intentionally. Is this fourth quarter like 13 minutes? No. He's running like a play action deep out? This was with th- like three minutes left, Dan, at the okay. very end of the game. And they were trying to, you know, chew up the clock. Yeah. OBJ catches on the sidelines, again, runs out of near the sidelines, runs out of bounds. But when he started running out of bounds, again, he moved backwards because the rule is that if you're if you are going backwards and go out of bounds, the clock restarts and continues to run. If you're yeah. moving forward, the clock stops. So again, I, I bring that up as what he did from a skill standpoint. I think you're you're absolutely right, Dan, that he's starting to do things and use his strengths and fit in and play in their roles. And you know, I love the way you said that, Dan, talking about how the receivers, everyone has a different role, a different niche, yeah. and they need to do that. OBJ is, he knows this is probably the last stop. And if he doesn't do it here, it's not going to work. So yeah. it, it was interesting to it, it was it was a fun game to watch. If you're a person that respects watching talent, wanting to come together and see how they can play. Yeah, I'm a rules nerd as much as I am like a tape nerd with you guys. And uh, I didn't know that rule. I didn't know that you could stop your forward progress in the field of play. You know, I guess similar to giving yourself up, right? Like I thought if you of your own volition went out of bounds, that was that someone had to contact you in the field of play and stop your forward progress. And then if you carry out of bounds, it's that judgment call on the part of the official, right? That is yeah, a really yeah. smart play. That's like, it's like a version of a guy giving himself up when he has to, yeah. but also knowing he still can use out of bounds to his, like to protect himself. And here's the crazy thing. As soon as he did it, Bob, you know, I think people are like, why do you run out of bounds? But he himself turned around into the sidelines and you can't see me because we're a podcast, but he's winding the clock with his arm. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Real quick, I want to ask you guys, we got a couple of minutes left in this segment just for a thought on the Cardinals, right? Because they are, there was a graphic that got put on the screen on Monday Night Football on ESPN and Brian Greasy actually said, 
You know, we put these graphics up. Normally, we react to them because they tell a story. I don't even know how to react to that. Like, and the graphic was Cardinals, 7-0 and on the road, two turnovers, 3-2, and now 3-3 three and three at home, 11 turnovers. Like, the complete flip of what any good team, a nine-win team at this point of the season, you would think would be. They are an undefeated, dominant road team, and they can't get out of their own way at times at home. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there something there? Or is that just one of those wacky statistical anomalies in, in a season that, you know, they maybe will have a chance to right the ship and get a couple of wins at home before the season's over? But, that, I mean, that's as weird as it gets. I, I think it's the latter. You know, I, I would also say this. They've lost at home the two teams that we think are really good in the Rams and the Green Bay Packers. Now, both of them were decimated when they went out there and they were both close games. I, I think it's one of those statistical anomalies. I'll just say this about the Cardinals. And I was on NFL Live on Monday when this news broke that Jalen Ramsey and Higby weren't going to be playing. And everyone was like, man, the pressure's on her. I said, no, 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 pressure's on the Cardinals. You want me to take you seriously like I take the Packers and the Bucks and Rams? You got to go dominate this game. There's no reason that the Rams should win this football game. And while I think the Cardinals are really good, this game gives me another reason to press pause. First of all, um, third quarter, they get down in the red zone. It's third and four. They run the football. Then they call timeout because they're not ready on fourth and run to make a play call. That was When you're running the ball on third and four down in the red zone, you should be already anticipating what your fourth and three, fourth and two, fourth and one call are. So I thought that was bad by Cliff. Second of all, late in the game, about five minutes to go, it's third and one near midfield. They take a shot downfield to Christian Kirk and miss it. I don't mind the shot. I don't adore it, but I don't mind the shot. Next play, they go for it on fourth and one, and they just go shotgun inside zone. Kyler's not a threat to run the football at all. That's, I don't think that's good play calling. And then the way they handle the game clockwise at the end of the game yeah. is awful. So I have pause on the Cardinals because of those two losses at home to teams that were decimated and the way that Cliff Kingsbury just situationally has shown me handling of games sometimes I think is a flaw. What do you think, Scott? I I don't disagree with anything that Dan just said. It's almost like there, there's a personality that this team has and the entire point of when those when it was found out about the COVID situation, to me, the great teams smell blood in the water and they are mm-hmm. like, okay, we are going to bury these people. Some teams respond and react by, you know, that's, you, they, they react and respond by thinking to themselves that, okay, we got this. We'll just go out there. We'll play our game. Let's go have fun. Let's, no, you have to go after this like a shark. You know, you and and that personality was not evident last night. As you watch them play, you watch them. Now, James Conner, I thought, approached it um, with a great deal of intensity. I just didn't get the sense that this was a team that was ready to go out for the kill. And and if you're going to be a great team in this league, you have to have some of that. For three hours, you have to completely lose your sense of empathy. And you got to go do your job. And your job is to win the game and, and crush it. Right. For, for three hours, you have to be Aaron Rodgers against the Bears, right? Like, that, that's <laughs> our next topic, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers at this point, if he is not an owner of the – he might be the majority owner of the Bears at this point. Are the Packers the best team in the league right now? They might be. That's going to be what we discuss next on Tape Pits.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are back on tape heads. Bob Shoes and Dan Orlovsky, Scott Pioli. Well, This was another matchup between the Bears and Packers, Sunday night football, this time at Lambeau, and it went pretty much the way that you would expect. A challenge for the Bears early, and we'll talk about Justin Fields and maybe some of the progress that he's made, but a night game at Lambeau, that is a tough spot if you're the Bears, and it sounds like after the game, Aaron Rodgers knew it. Night games just have a little different atmosphere, just a little bit more special. You can just feel kind of the excitement in the air, and everybody's been kind of waiting all day for for the game and uh just a little bit a little bit more energy so it's fun to to walk off a winner again at Lambeau we've obviously had a lot of success uh you know uh the last uh I don't know 10 or 11 at home I think we've we've won so it's been uh you know it's it's fun playing here it's fun playing in this rivalry and 
fans have been uh, been really good to me and, and uh, just reciprocating the love uh, right back to them. Well, guys, Aaron Rodgers did to the Bears what Aaron Rodgers does to the Bears, right? I mean, this is, you know, <laughs> this, is the, this is the legacy uh, of this rivalry when he's the quarterback, of course, um, for the Green Bay Packers. And does this now put the Packers, you know, as Aaron has now come back off of the COVID pause, it looks like he now seems to be, even with the toe injury, playing at the level that they need him to play at to maybe be the same Super Bowl contender we're talking about, the Rams being with Matthew Stafford in the last segment, that type of thing. What are your big takeaways, Dan, from Sunday Night Football? I think the the biggest appreciation I have right now for Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers and really their offense is the reverence and respect that Aaron Rodgers is giving easy throws. Um. We marvel at and admire like the the long to throw that he throws the Alan Lazard early in the game on third and long that he throws over the leaping defender. Absolutely. The touchdown pass to Devontae Adams on the out and up from the slot right before the half. The touchdown pass to Aaron Jones in the third quarter after fumble. We admire that stuff. What I appreciate from him right now is the six-yard throw that quarterbacks like me can make, he is giving the same level of focus and intensity and respect to that, that he does those deep throws. And that's why he's playing at the level that he's playing at, which is as good as anybody in football right now and and some of the best of his career. And to do that takes such, I don't even know what it takes or the level that it takes. There's just the mental kind of the the mental lock-in to do that. And that's why this offense is thriving right now. It's really starting to hit its stride is, they're so good at yards after the catch. And when teams are giving them the – they get into their condensed formations or they're motioned and then their RPO game, his ability to put the ball in a place where it makes it so easy, one, to catch, and then two, for that guy to go get seven yards instead of three or four yards is such a big deal. Because if you're doing that 14 to 15 times a game, we're talking about the difference to 50 plus yards. We're talking the difference of three or four more third down conversions. We're talking the difference of likely 14 points. And I, I, that, that's my biggest takeaway from the game, Bob. I, their condensed run game with A.J. Dillon's fantastic. But just uh, I think it's so rare to watch what we are seeing when an all-time talented quarterback pays respect to easy throws, not just to take them, but to then execute them the way he is. Yeah, this is a podcast, so we don't have video of this right now, but you <laughs> said what you said, and Scott did an end zone dance. Did you see it? <laughs> yeah, he I did. saw him going nuts. No, yeah. It was, yes, I'm looking at him on the little screen. He did a touchdown. Oh, I mean, he is yeah, right. I think, he, I, think he, I think you're in Scott Pioli's wheelhouse with that yeah, comment. I love this because, it, I, and I wrote down exactly what Dan said. He said, his respect, meaning Aaron Rodgers' respect and reverence for the easy throws. And I think part of what co- – it's a mentality, Dan, right? Um, yeah. It's when you remove – now, we all know that Aaron Rodgers has an incredibly strong ego, right? And and I don't say that disrespectfully. I say he has an incredibly strong ego. But he is doing what's best for the team. He's taking what is right. being given. And I've, we've talked about this all season long. Short, sideways. Do what you have to do to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. The people, once they have the ball in their hands, that can make things happen. And 
going into this game, I this is Dan. I think you know you must have a, like a creeper in my office here. Because my notes I, that I was making for this, you know, going into this game, the Packers duo of Aaron Roger, um, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, they were one of only three running back tandems with over 500 yards rushing, but they were also amongst the top pass receiving. Dan, uh, Bob, you're gonna get excited about this one right now. The Packers have the most receiving yard production, the second most receiving yard production of any running back duo in the National Football League. You know who's won, Bob? Oh, boy. Your New York Jets. Yeah. Here we go. Well, okay. That, not, that, that tells me that's not necessarily hey, a statistic that equals success. Take the win. All right. No, I will. Enzo dead. <laughs> Woo-hoo. But, what, but watching <laughs> what, he's, what he's doing, you know, the – Again, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, using those players to their strength and for the strength of the offense and not worrying about always having to get the ball down the field. You know, we're sitting at this point right now where they're accounting for almost – they're both closing in on the running backs on a total of 1,000 yards of total offense from the line of scrimmage this year. And, again, it's just smart football when you say to yourself, you know what? I know what this guy can do with the ball in his hands. I'm going to get him out in space. I'm going to get him the ball and let him work his magic. So as I've watched this season evolve, to me, that's been one of the more interesting and surprising, pleasantly surprising things about the Packers offense. Yeah. I think just hitting on their run game, I think they're using motion in such a good way within their run game. They don't motion a lot when they throw the football. You know, they, they motion a lot in their run game to gain numbers, to gain leverage, to gain angles. They don't motion a ton in their pass game. Um, and I think the way that, you know, when they hand the ball off to Aaron Jones, not that Aaron Jones can't run in between the tackles, but they're trying to get the ball to the perimeter. And when they hand the ball off to A.J. Dillon, they're not asking A.J. Dillon to run to the perimeter. They're, they're asking A.J. Dillon to get his shoulders square to the line of scrimmage and go run through people's faces. And I just think that's just a, a very smart way that they're going about their run game. It, it, because it's important, Dan, you bring up a really interesting point. When you're building a team and when you, you listen to smart offensive coordinators, they want to have backs that complement one another. You know, we always hear about thunder and lightning right. as, as the phrase. But that's an important thing because you want different types of backs that complement one another, that do different things. It was like, again, I go back, Corey Dillon and Kevin Falk that we had, you know, when we had a good running attack and pass catching attack from our, from our backfield. You know, I go to the year that we went to the Super Bowl in Atlanta when we had Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman, two very different backs with different skill sets, but they complemented one another and did different things. And people say, well, you know, when Aaron Jones is in the backfield, they know you, we know what kind of running game it's going to be. Or when AJ Dillon is in the game, we know what kind of, but you know what? You've already put your personnel out on the field and it's going to be a mismatch one way or another. Guys to the bears for one moment, looking at this game through the lens of Justin Fields progress. I, I, I thought he had moments or like, I know the big strip sack that kind of flipped the game. Once the Packers had taken the lead, he got hit, fumbled the ball, short field. Aaron Rodgers goes in, another touchdown. That was a big moment, obviously, in quarterbacks. That's a learning experience for any quarterback. 
I, I'm looking at this, maybe being the Jets guy with Zach Wilson, like I'm looking at so many of these young quarterbacks through the lens of you may be losing these games, but show me something, right? Give sure. me a reason to believe. Give me a reason to think that there's progress being made. The arrow is pointing up. And with Zach Wilson, I hate to say it right now, there is no way anyone could realistically look at how he's played this year and say the arrow is pointing up. I mean, he is re- he's short hopping wide receiver screens. So yeah. it is definitely with him, it seems, between the ears. But I saw Justin Fields, right? I mean, I saw there were moments in that game where Justin Fields looks. And I think as we've progressed through this season, if I'm a Bears fan, I I think I'm looking at Justin Fields and saying, yes, like I think the things I need to see to believe I have a quarterback that I can build around are there. No doubt, Bob. No doubt. You you watch the tape and week by week he does one thing better, one thing better, you know, and, and you're so encouraged by that. We'll see what happens with, with the stewardship of his development and, and their organization. I'd, I'd say two things that I will talk about just from that game specifically that are just teaching moments for him moving forward that you want to see that are going to be focus points for this offseason and whatnot. Number one, um, he's got to get reps on just seeing things. I thought he missed some throws down the field, not attempting them, just not seeing how coverage rotation impacts certain pass concepts. You know, like, oh, when I get when I get a three by one flood left to right and I'm on the right hash and they rotate from the field, well, that's gonna allow that crosser to have a bigger chunk. When they wrote from the rotate from the boundary, I, I don't got a great play. You know, so just learning how different that the defense impacts, I, I think, is going to allow him to see things better. I don't think he saw the field fantastic uh, on Sunday Night Football. And the second thing is this, and this is a – it's not surprising, but it's – so oftentimes we hear quarterbacks have to play faster, and, and we attribute it to mental. I think he has to play faster physically from the pocket. You know, there there is still a deliberate aspect to his game um, physically that – minimizes some short completions that are either, you know, uh, PBUs, pass breakups, or catch and very little yards after the catch because the defender has an extra step to close. If they focus on that stuff this offseason, I think he's going to become a very, very good player. Yeah, as a player evaluator, this is one of the tough things to do when you're watching a quarterback in a situation in a circumstance like this, particularly a young quarterback. And uh, you mentioned Zach Wilson. You mentioned we're talking specifically about Justin Fields here. You know, he's just in such a difficult situation, right? The Bears quarterbacks have been sacked the second most times of any quarterbacks in the National Football League. And I understand some sacks because a quarterback holds the ball too long. There's a lots of there are a lot of reasons. But one of the primary reasons is they're just not very good around him, you know, and in going into this game, they averaged like 16.1 points per game. When Justin Fields was in the game, they averaged 16.8 when he wasn't in the game. That's the third worst scoring offense in the National Football League. And it all can't be pinned on the quarterback himself. That's not his issue. People are going to look at all right. these numbers at the end of the year. Oh, look at his passer rating. It's the second worst in the league of all the qualified quarterbacks. But you got to give a kid a chance. He's trying to learn the NFL game. What he did at Ohio State was different than what he's doing now. He's trying to learn the game. He's trying to learn the system. And all the while, he's getting beat up. And I don't care. You know, the, the, These quarterbacks, they're human beings. And 
you know, we there's this psychology of sport. When you are being chased and you are getting hit and you know you're going to hit, you know, Dan, I didn't play the position. You did. But there's no way humanly possible that it doesn't affect your psyche, your oh, decision making. Yeah. And people love to say, and forgive me, I, I get fired up on this topic because people love to say dumb and mean things about quarterbacks <laughs> when they make certain decisions. And what they don't understand is what actually happens, what they have to do, the enormity of the role. And I get, oh, they get paid a lot of money. I, I mean, I get all of the, the nonsensical stuff. But at the end of the day, the quarterback is the guy that everyone is looking to knock their block off. Yeah. And, and they are literally really trying fast. to survive. And, and, and you know, and it's, and it's one of these things that I, I think sometimes when people get caught up in the game in the moment, they don't understand what it is to get punched or hit in the mouth or hit under the chin with a helmet, which we do less now, but we used to do a lot, or just even sure. if you get the ball off, when one of those 300-pound bodies lands with force intentionally and drives you into the ground, that affects decision-making. Yeah. Yep. Well, we got a great quarterback matchup that we're going to talk about next because Week 15 begins with Chiefs-Chargers. Has Kansas City found the mix of Mahomes at a defense that works? That's going to be next on Tape Heads. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We are back here on Tape Heads. And by the way, you can always hit us up on social media. Myself, Dan Orlovsky, Scott Pioli, we are on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Tell us what you think about the podcast, and please rate, subscribe. We're here every week talking NFL football. And, guys, week 15 begins with a fascinating Thursday night matchup, Chiefs-Chargers. Patrick Mahomes, how about his reaction to the win this past week against the Raiders? I mean, there, there's a there's a feeling of we, we're coming together and, and figuring each other out and learning how to play complementary football. Um, but every team's different. I mean, uh, every season's different. Uh, you're going to face challenges and adversity together. Um, and we faced a lot of adversity early in the year, which we weren't people hadn't seen, and kind of people kind of threw us down and, and act like we were done. Um, but you're seeing now that we we have the guys to do it, and it's if we come together as a team and take it day by day, we can go out there and do what we want to do. 
a very diplomatic answer as well for Patrick Mahomes. Let's, I guess, file what happened Sunday again under the list of like a thousand things that a Bill Belichick coached team would never do. And that is go out and stomp on the other team's logo to begin. Like, how does that help you? All it does is fire up the other side. It's just stupid. They did it. The Raiders paid for it. But I think bigger picture, that's not why the Chiefs won the game, right? I mean, the Chiefs are winning football games now because I think more so because of their defense. I mean, to me, I think if there's a single unit that I have been most impressed with over this last, say, five or six weeks, guys, I'm not sure if you agree, it's a Chiefs defense that at the start of the year looked like a sieve. And now maybe the level of competition has allowed them to gain some confidence, but they aren't looking like a team that could go out and win a Super Bowl as much because of their defense as because now maybe the offense is getting its rhythm back. Do you agree? Yeah, there's a, there's a, I completely agree. And there's a couple of reasons why I think, first of all, the the addition of Melvin Ingram will go down as one of the better in season. And Scott can speak to this significantly more than me, obviously like in season additions that we've had in the NFL in a couple of years now. He, he is, I agree with you, Dan, he is playing and I would say this, like, I think the Chiefs have now entered into a conversation of having one of the three or four best four-man rushes in the NFL. Um, Spags, their defense coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, has done a remarkable job of, like, compartmentalizing football, I feel. We are going to win first down. Coach, how are we going to win first? Their first down run game stunts, run game blitzes, are so good right now. And they're sometimes putting like Chris Jones and Melvin Ingram on the same side and, you know, anticipating analytically looking at formations and going, okay, when they get in this formation, they're running this play 90% of the time this way, right? So the run game stunts are so good that then is that is allowing them to, you know, get into that four-man rush. And, and that four-man rush right now is a problem, candidly. It really is. Chris Jones is is playing so well. Ingram, again, is playing so well. Reed is playing so well. But I think the more, like, the thing that at least stands out on tape to me, there's a play in this game that stands out on tape to me, and it's not going to be some something that probably people pay attention to a ton. So it's 38-3, to three, okay? There's, like, two or three minutes to go in the third quarter. Hunter Renfro is going to score from the three-yard line. He's going to run a kind of what we know as a Colorado route. It's man coverage by Kansas City. He, he sells a slant, fakes a slant inside, and breaks towards the front pylon. And he scores. And the coverage is man for Kansas City. The corner should be playing outside leverage. He's got help on the inside by linebackers and a safety. He should not beat beat to the outside. He scores. Right when he scores, number 50 for Kansas City, Willie Gay who's their second-year linebacker, throws his hands up in frustration and, like, slams his hands down. It's 38-3. to The game is over. And I think in that moment, you are seeing the difference between this Chiefs defense now and what it was, standards and expectations. We don't care what the score is. We don't care what the game says right now. We have a standard and ex, um, expectation that we are not going to allow people into the end zone. It was not a belittling of the corner. It was not a disrespectful thing. It was just that's our standard. And I think that is one of the biggest reasons why we've seen this defensive jump from Kansas City is the um, they expect to go play really, really, really high-end defense right now from the first play to the last play. Yeah, and I've always believed in Steve Spagnuolo, and and I knew he was going to get this thing 
turned around. Didn't know how good, I still don't know how good it's going to be, but I knew it was going to be better than what it was. You know, you mentioned Melvin Ingram and to me, what I was thinking in my head was I, I don't disagree that it is one of the better in-season acquisitions that, that we've seen. The key, though, is the other part that you mentioned is how they're putting him on the same side and or integrating him into the defense in a way where they have to deal with him and Chris Jones. Yeah. You know, if Aaron Donald is in the NFL right now, Chris Jones may be f- talked about far more as the most dominant inside player in the NFL right now and last season. But because Aaron Donald is so different and so special, we're not hearing enough about him. Chris Jones has been brilliant. He has been dominant. He has single-handedly, in my opinion, when this defense started to evolve and grow and become better, he was the lead dog by far. Yeah. He at times is unblockable. And when you have a player like that, um, you've got a chance, particularly you know when you have a player like that on the inside. So to me, he has been the, the, the physical and impactful difference maker for the Chiefs defense. And, you know, I want to go back to something, Bob, you mentioned coming out of the break and into this game was, I think you used the word stupidity of what was done before the game. Uh. Um, and I, I want to comment on that because that's, that's not stuff that winners do. It's right. just not. And again, it makes the news. This isn't the stuff, again, I'm a bit of a cornball. This isn't the stuff that we want to be passing down to young football players saying that this is smart, this is good, this is acceptable. Yeah. You know, we go back to one of the, the the whole Patriots thing of do your job, which I, I think uh, given the history of that, it Bill, Bill B gets the credit for it, but Parcells used to say before Bill B and before Parcells, he got it from Al Davis. And... The whole thing is that's one of those moments where everyone hears the just do your job thing about do your assignment, do what you're supposed to do. That's one of those. If Al Davis saw that, he would look at those guys on the radio and say, you know what, you idiots, just go out and do your job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just go do your job, play ball, win the game. That stuff is for show. That's for you to get on TikTok or whatever. Uh, so I, I know I digress, and I want to make this more about the Chiefs. They are an ascending team, and I don't think any one of us really thought, you know, there's all those questions. Are, are they going to be okay? Are they going to come around? Folks, they're coming around. Yeah. Yep. They might be right there with the Patriots now as the one-two for at least favorites at this point. We'll see in the AFC. All right, download it, subscribe. Join us again on Thursday. More history made by Tom Brady. Questions about the Cowboys and a couple of teams that may have hit rock bottom this past week. Those are things we will talk about. It's all coming up when our next episode drops on Thursday on Tape Heads. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.